0: Welcome to the Catholic Command Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. I think we need to give some kind of tribute. We should have done thought about this ahead of time,
1: but we should give a tribute to Pope Benedict. I thought about that on my way over here and Cardinal Pell, both of them.
0: Yes, but I mean, specifically uh, Pope Benedict, because we took, we're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so oh, yeah, raise yeah, your yeah. glass. That's from
1: him. We from stole, him. We stole that from him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, you can say that. We're using his language without his permission. Without his permission, mm-hmm.
1: uh, we did not pay him. It's kind of like stealing. Very similar to yeah. Him. When you take something from someone, it's without, nuanced without their permission, and you don't pay them for it. People call that stealing sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I I encourage
0: everybody to offer up prayers for the soul of, of Pope Benedict. We're, we're indeed in in the final days of the. Novena for him. Mm -hmm. And then we found out today, or yesterday, 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 that Cardinal Pell passed away Mm -hmm. at 81 years old. Talk about a man who had a heavy cross.
1: Yeah, especially here, those you know, the last years of his life. Yeah. But, you know, luckily for him, praise God for him, that he was able to die, you know, having seen his reputation restored. Right. You know, a man's reputation is very important. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it just hurts deep down when you know that things are not the way, they're, you know, like, that you are portrayed. Right. It takes a lot of, of strength, a lot of trust, a lot of faith. A lot of virtue, to A lot be, of virtue to be able to just put up with that, which he did for many years.
0: And a lot of saints talk about this, you know, St. Therese of the Vasu, uh, Mother Teresa, mm-hmm. all these people, like, they talk about how... Uh, even when they're blamed for something, uh, they are quiet about it and they don't- Just accept it. They yeah. just accept it.
1: Yeah. Really tough to do. I tried to do it one time. And you're right. Like, changed my mind. You're like, nah.
0: Yeah, changed my mind. <laughs> um, so we're, we're also in Exodus 90 right now?
1: Yes. Day three. Day three.
0: I was really grateful. I'm ready to quit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is enough. <laughs> three's the is three's a great number. I think that's that's good enough for me. Yeah. No, no. Um I was really grateful. It was a blessing to I was listening to the audiobook A uh, Story of a Soul by Teresa of Uh-huh. And I finished it the night before it's mm, just under started, the wire. Just under the wire. And I was really grateful for it because she talks constantly about the joy of suffering, right? The uh-huh. the ability to be able to offer up to her you know, to her, her Lord and savior. Yeah. Uh, in fact, she talks about even in there, how she, de- she desires to be a martyr, but she, the only way she desires to be a martyr is that she dies of all the ways martyrs die. So she's like, she wants to be crucified like, uh, Peter and filleted like Bartholomew and stoned to death. Like, and like, she goes through this litany of, of b- martyrs and how they died and she wishes I just wish I could do all of them.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Having my skin cut off while being burned while a lion is eating my foot. Right. Yeah. I was like, man, that is intense love. Yeah. It's like, you know what? I do not want that. (laughs) All of them? One of them would be cool, I think, you know? All of them? All of them? That seems a little bit extreme to me. Is that prideful? (laughs) No,
0: I'm just joking. (laughs) I'm just joking. But yeah, so... Uh, but it was really, it was a great book to finish, uh, especially audiobook, sure. uh, to finish rolling into Exodus 90. Excellent.
1: So, um, Excellent.
0: yeah, I was really pumped about
1: that. So there is something about like the the first like two or three days of Exodus where, it, you know. You're excited. Yeah, you're excited, but also it's kind of like hard right off the bat. You know, you, like physically your body is adjusting to, hey, mm-hmm. how hey. come I can't have a cookie? Right. If I want one, you right. know, so, uh, like, after day three, I think, you, it really, you can settle in. You can kind of rest a little bit. Uh, the beverage we're having today. See, actually, I disagree. You
0: disagree? Okay. Yes. Uh, the first, like, three days for me is exciting, because it's new. My adrenaline's running. I mean, I, I I mean specifically
1: like, physically. So
0: Yeah, but, like, I, I enjoy, it's like, oh, good, I'm actually, I'm a little hungry. Like, uh-huh. good, It's it's, like... Things are kicking. It's working. Yeah, and I'm in, I mean, like I it's, see what you mean. It's an exciting offering up, mm-hmm. but it's it's like day twenty one, day forty two, like
1: day four, day five. You just won't be hungry anymore, right? right. So I mean, just physically, like it's hard in the beginning. Yeah, you're like have all this excitement. You know, you're ready to. You it's know, still new energy. Yeah, let's do it. So you know, you're hungry. It's no big deal, and you're kind of excited about it, like you said, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, pretty soon your body will just adjust, and you just won't be hungry anymore. You won't even notice. Or as hungry, yeah. Or as hungry, right? Uh, today's Wednesday, you know, so it's a fasting day. So, right. Uh, like, I always plan for fasting days to stay busy, because if you're busy, you just won't notice that you're be- that you're hungry. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. make sure you have a project to do mm-hmm. to work on, um, and go to bed early. And go to bed early. So, I always, we, we, we talked about this in one, uh, a previous
0: episode on mortification, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it anyway. You made fun of me for it, but these are the things
1: that I. The vitamins. Are you going to bring up the vitamins? I, am, I, I am. just thought that was like, this is the Catholic Old Man show now, okay?
0: <laughs> the Grumpy Man show.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, drink a lot of water.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, stay busy. Go to bed early. Take vitamins because your body is not used to being mal, you know, not receiving some of the nutrients. And uh, there was another one. I can't recall off the top of my head, but those were those were ones that.
1: So our beverage today is something that I have found very helpful. Okay. I made this.
0: I brought it. I mean, I'm a little nervous, but excited. Let's pour it. Okay. Ooh. Ooh, it has a, a fizz to hear it. That, hear that pop? Okay. I did that. So we're pouring them into our Catholic Man Show 16-ounce beer glasses. Can, beer can glasses. Beer can glasses. You can get them at CatholicMancho.com. The reason why I love these is for twofold. There's two things that I love about these. They are perfect glasses to drink out of, even if you're not drinking beer. Yeah, but if you are drinking beer, it's a 16 ounce glass, so you can pour your whole beer in there
1: and not worry about, about it. for the overf- head. Yeah, right. you're not
0: r- worried about it overflowing.
1: So that's okay. a kind of a pet peeve of mine as well. Like, oh, I like this glass, but it takes forever for me to pour it because. A, a bottle or a can we'll fill it all the way up you know right. and just kind of annoying you end up having to walk around with a glass and a can which seems like it's kind of defeating the purpose of having bit. the glass right yeah
0: it's also another another great point it's also lady Pamela's favorite glass it is of
1: she loves this glass she drinks out of it all the time at home just water <laughs> she drinks out of it all the time the beer yeah <laughs> yeah it's mostly vodka <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. No, uh, we're on the Lord's team, though. The winning side. So raise your glass and cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers to uh, Jesus and Pope Benedict. May he rest in eternal our Lord. rest. Yeah. So, what we're having this is carbonated water with a little bit of lemon and a little bit of lime. Just a little bit of both. Uh, but it's delicious. Sublime. You missed the. It is I, sublime. I that's, that's a great that's... word for it. Um, But I have found like on fasting days, this to be very helpful, you know, sometimes, especially in the beginning of a a fast, you'll hit that kind of wall where you run like your blood sugar is, it feels like your blood sugar is just super low. And it's like, you feel heavy and you just cannot like keep going and stand up. And it's like, man, that's a difficult moment. Uh, Because if you're still trying to get work done, you know, it's like, it's not just a willpower game at that point. It's a It's a physical barrier that you're Mm -hmm. encountering. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, what I've learned is that often you're just low on electrolytes. Okay, so this has a little bit of lime in it, a little bit of lemon, got some electrolytes. um, And it really helps, like, get rid of that. It also breaks up the monotony of water. Yes, indeed. I don't like carbonated water by itself. Some people will drink it plain I think it's kind of gross i like it uh if it's just plain carbonated water yeah but you have i mean this is literally just a splash of lemon and lime mm-hmm. and it's totally it's totally delicious and there's just something satisfying about having something carbonated to drink right. mm-hmm. you know um so i really think that this helps it helps me and um, how'd you make it uh soda stream Oh, you have a Soda Stream. We have a Soda Stream, okay. and uh, it, we have really loved having it. Mm-hmm. Really uh, expensive? There, some of them are. Um, the one I got was about seventy dollars. Okay, um, and then it, you know it came with a CO two can and stuff. Uh, the The CO two lasts me each each can will last me a couple months. They're only fifteen dollars. So you take go have them replaced so Mm -hmm. it does not cost very much and you can get gallons and gallons and gallons i don't don't know exactly how much it is but it's a lot of carbonated water out of one can okay yeah not bad i dig
0: we are without juan and jim this evening but we're going to talk about mortification this is the catholic man show
1: We'll be right back.
0: Whether you want to pray a daily holy hour or you want to hit up Adoration once a week, we have a guide that is designed to help you show up and open yourself to Christ. It's downloadable and it's mo- mobile-friendly. Go to xs90.com slash TCMS. That's TCMS for the Catholic Man Show. xs90.com slash TCMS for a downloadable mobile-friendly guide on how to make a holy hour.
1: Welcome back to the Catholic Man show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. Drinking a little carbonated water. Some home flavoring of lemon and lime. Just sublime. No sugar. No not a sweet drink. No calories. Just water. But good water. When I got this SodaStream, I actually ordered the SodaStream Jet off Amazon. It came, had a Communist. a problem with it. It wasn't, I forget what, exactly what the problem was. Uh, so I called them and they said, oh, okay, yes, I, I see that it is a problem. I like did this video call with them somehow. It was very cool. And like she watched what was happening as I was doing it. She's like, okay, well, we'll send you another one. We don't make the jet anymore. So just pick out anyone you want. Any which, one of them? Yeah, any of them. Yeah, just, well, which one do you want? We'll send it to you. I don't you. know. What's your most expensive one? Well, yeah, it's so <laughs> kind of like, I would have done that, except the most, they have one that has to plug in, and I didn't want one that plugs in. Mm. So the one I have is not battery powered. Just um, a push? Yeah, just a push. So just mm-hmm. really, it just uses the pressure in the can mm-hmm. of CO2 to carbonate the water. And so I asked her, I said, well, which one should I get? And I don't remember what this one is called, but this one carbonates these glass crafts instead of the plastic bottles. And she was a, this British lady, and she's like, well, if I have family, this, I'd get that one. That's Someday, that's what I'll get. It's very posh. She said posh. She said the word posh. And I said, oh, well, if it's posh, then I simply must have it. I'm a very posh man myself uh <laughs> so that's what we got and they sent it to us it's been great nice you know what i actually really do like it we use it all the time like you know what else is really good carbonated water and gin <laughs> it is that's a, it's a good drink throw a little splash of lime in there like you can do you can do like other things having the ability to make soda water at home there you also go. really good for cleaning Ah. You have a stain? Yeah. Little soda like the so carbonation soda, yeah. uh, really helps get stuff out.
0: We are not we are, we are not sponsored by soda stream. Not, not not sponsored yet. by Love To Be. Yeah, not yet. Uh, I'm also wearing Tell us our new Catholic Man Show shirt. If you're looking on uh, YouTube right now, you can see it. It says There is no paradise for cowards. Don Juan of Austria has the Catholic Man Show signature on the side. Uh, super awesome. We're about to put them on sale, but with we're going to... galley ship. Yes. I'm sorry, with the, like the Lepanto ships. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're about to put those on sale, but first, we're going to offer them to our... This is limited edition. We're not... We only did one run of these. Uh, we're going to offer them to our patrons first, and then if we have any left over, we will offer it to the public. Uh, we are also going to give away, if you're a $50 or more patron, we're going to give you one.
1: We're going to send it to you. We're just going to give it to you. We're going to give it to you. So... And hope that we get you right, the size right.
0: No, we'll. Just kidding. Yeah. Everybody gets a small. Good
1: luck. (laughs) Um, So the phrase, there is no paradise for cowards, mm -hmm. it reminds me of a line from The Long Winter, which is a Little House, Mm -hmm. a book in the Little House series. Told this story. I just think this is such a great line. In the book, Anne. uh, You can tell the. Is that her name? Anne? No, that's Anne of Green Gables that I'm thinking. Laura. Laura Ingalls. Sorry different series Laura is working at a she got a job as a teacher about ten miles away which is kind of far when you have to like walk or ride a horse <laughs> right, okay right um and so the, her would be uh her eventual husband manly was what it, what, his, what his name was uh, Wait, imanzo. um manly she called him manly short for imanzo elman Elmanzo yeah uh so anyway he was going to pick Haley her that calls up. me manly yeah short for Adam Right. Same, same. He's going to pick her up, except this is in South Dakota, and this is over the winter. It was terribly cold. Uh, Almanzo was in the town square before he was going to leave. He knew, he knew if I don't go pick her up on Friday, she doesn't get to come home for the weekend, and she's got to stay at this these people's house that she hates, at this other little town, um, which she lives with throughout the week while she's teaching. And he's looking at the temperature gauge in town, and it, the temperature gauge was... It only went down to negative thirty. It didn't go any lower than that. And it was sitting at negative thirty. And so he wasn't really sure how cold it was, but it was colder than negative thirty at
0: least negative thirty.
1: And one of Almanzo's buddies sees him staring at the temperature gauge with his, you know, honest, he's got a sleigh mounted ready. and he knows, you know, oh, you're getting ready to go pick up Laura and you're trying to decide. Should if it's da- if it's too dangerous, should I stay or should I should go? should I stay or should I go? And so his buddy just looks over at him and yells, "God hates a coward." And so he decides to go. He gets Laura like he has to stop every like few minutes to go put his hands on the nose of the horse to melt the ice off of the. So they don't suffocate. So it d- yeah, so it didn't close over and like suffocate. L- years later, he tells Laura the story how his buddy said God hates a coward, and she got mad and said, "You came and picked me up that day on a dare." And Almanza goes, no, I just figured he was right. <laughs> Which is just like, such a sweet line. Like You came, because it was a dare. It's like, it wasn't a dare. I just figured he was right. God does hate a coward. <laughs> so I'm going.
0: Yeah. I do like that story.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway, we got the shirts. Sweatshirts. Sweatshirts. We also have t-shirts. Same thing.
1: We also have other sweatshirts. We have we have a plethora of sweatshirts. Go to our store, check them out. Yeah.
0: Um, so tonight we're going to talk about uh, mortification. Uh, talk about the ten uses of mortification by according to Saint Francis de Sales. Saint Francis de Sales ten seems like a lot. Is a doctor of the church. Uh, he he wrote it's one of my favorites, Intro to the Devout Life. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend reading that book. You also can do, go go to Ascension Press. They have uh, a whole series like where they read through it with Father Gregory Pine. <clears throat> Excuse me. Father Gregory Pine read through it uh, each day, and I think it took him like 45 days or something to get through the it's book. A, it's
1: a video series.
0: It's an audiobook, or it's, audio book. It's a podcast as well.
1: Okay. Um,
0: and so you can listen to the book, basically, with Father Gregory Pine, and then he gives little
1: insights at the end.
0: Very very similar to um, Father Mike Schmitz with Babylon a Year. Over under.
1: How many? Uh, over under on 40 Uh. On uses of the word "dig" in the in the podcast mm, by Father Gregory Pine, going under under. Okay, I think I'd take the under.
0: There's there's only like 46 of them.
1: You could say it more than once, though. <laughs> <laughs> true, true.
0: But so I, I read so I read the book or I was reading the book a uh, Secret of San- uh, Sanctity, which we have talked about on the show before. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I wrote a article for the Alcuin Institute of Catholic Culture based off of what saint francis de sales talks about mm-hmm. uh, i wrote wrote it the end of lent basically last year i think it was almost right before um uh, holy week and you know you get into that point where it's just you're you're at the end of the road mm-hmm. you're tired of uh, of the of you know uh,
1: you've sacrifice you've hit the wall
0: right and um the embers are dying. This
1: time, it's the emotional wall. You know, like right. your your willpower is is, is running, It's depleting. Out, right,
0: right. And uh, but the, the, those are the times that really are beneficial. Yeah, uh, I mean that's in, in, that's in, where you grow spiritually. It's just
1: like working out, just like running. Right, right. Like you know, it's not the it's not the early reps that do stuff for you. It's it's once you've run out of gas. Mm-hmm. That's that's where the gains come from.
0: That's where yeah, that's absolutely right. But I was thinking about this, and I think you've, you you've talked about this before. I don't remember if it's on air or off air, but you thought you, you said something like how incredible, like, like how much do you have to know a topic to be able to say there are 10 things about this that you need to know or, yeah. or like six things you need to know about this topic. Right.
1: You have to like know it backwards and forwards to be able to say, here's, you have to be able to like hold it all in your mind. Like here's, here's the sum, like here's all of the things about it. And now that I can see it all at once, I'm able to easily see here. There are six distinctions that need to be made on this body of work here. They fall into these categories. You know, it's like you have to really know something for you to be, to be able to say something like that.
0: And, and, and have confidence in making a list.
1: Yeah. Right. I think.
0: Yeah. I agree. Um, so you can go, uh, actually you can go to the dot org, and you can look up, uh, it's called 10 uses of mortification. Yeah, it's a very well-written article. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you can go check that out. The Algonquin Institute, we've talked about it before, but it's one of the unique uniquenesses of uh, the Diocese of Tulsa in eastern Oklahoma. We have a whole institute dedicated to forming catechists, to forming teachers, for uh, to form friendships, to, to build up cult, the Catholic culture.
1: Do a lot of really cool events.
0: Right. Uh, very unique part of the Diocese of Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Big plus. Totally. Um, so anyway... Uh, I guess we can, we can get you want, Yeah. let's, 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 let's go to number in. one. Ten, ten is a lot. Ten is a lot. So we'll we'll dive in. So uh, the first one he talks about, and I think this is the kind of the, the most the most obvious one, right? And so he, he talks about how uh mortification tames the body and brings its rebellious passions under control and, and like submits our, our will to the will of God. Right, and so mm-hmm. this is this is um something that I think everybody realizes this is what mortification does, right? Suppresses your will and, and unites your will to God's will. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not something unique to the Catholic spiritual life. I mean, this is something that we've talked about many of times. Mm-hmm. That you, and you, you have to be able to do that because you can't take care of others if you can't take care of yourself. If your passions and your appetites are running amuck, so to speak. Right,
1: yeah, what good are you going to be to somebody else? To somebody
0: else, especially your, your wife, your family, your children, uh, those who who depend on you,
1: right? I mean, it's like you're behind a a muscle car, but you don't have control. You know, you haven't, you don't know how the steering wheel works or right. the gas pedal, right? You what are you going? You're going to crash, right?
0: But this is something that he 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 kind of puts a spin on that I thought was very interesting. Never heard this before. Uh, but he said the reason why men are religious under sorrow and not at other times is that they do not uh, practice bodily mortification. Whereas sorrow afflicts and rebukes the flesh, so sorrowful acts uh, on the soul through the body as much through the mind, hmm. which I thought was so interesting because this is when most men turn to become religious, right? When something is sore, sorrow- like when their heart is heavy, when when something is going wrong, right? they turn, uh, turn to, turn to this, to, re- to religious acts, which I thought was very yeah, interesting.
1: That's very insightful.
0: Yeah. Um, so we'll continue this on the other side of the break. The hosts of the Catholic Man Show have produced a practical, helpful, and spiritual uplifting book that helps parents make the connection between church and the domestic church. Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place reminds every Catholic family of their daily duties, responsibilities, and privileges to help each other become saints. That endorsement is from Father Leo Hug. Go check out our new book from Ascension Press. You can go to ascensionpress.com or just Google Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. Pick one up for you, for your family, for your friends. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to leave a review so that way others can be made aware of the book as well. We want to thank Father Leo Padalinghug for his endorsement of our book, Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. Welcome back to the Catholic Command Show, talking about the uses of mortification. I thought this was a good topic to talk about uh, as XS90 is happening. Now, those who are are on XS90 won't probably be listening to the show because you can't listen to podcasts. Uh, So that's... (laughs) That is true. That is something that uh, is a negative. But however, believe it or not, in like six weeks, Lent is starting. Is it that far away? I, I think so. Well, I think it's the end I think it's the end of February. Yeah. Like I think it's I guess you're right. So uh you know people don't listen to this right as soon as we we uh release it. So if you're listening to it and you realize hey, Lent is about to be yeah. com- uh, like to start this may help you uh as you're discerning what to mm-hmm. what to offer up and why we're offering up, why we're entering into this liturgical season and the purpose of it. Yeah. And the uses for mortification.
1: And if you are listening to this and you've never done Exodus ninety, I would really encourage you to to check out the Lent program from Exodus ninety. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's also a really great Lenten program. Right. Um, I mean, you don't have to do the whole Exodus ninety to kind of like join the brotherhood, so to speak, and right. you know take take wisdom from what the program has. Has learned and developed there's into. O-
0: there's over forty five thousand men. They're doing it this year. Yeah. Doing this. This. this uh, what around. was
1: it like? Forty seven thousand. I think is what. Is that what, what the? I, I think that's what I saw. They pushed out a, a thing on the app on day one.
0: Right. I mean that is it. That is a ton of men who are dedicating doing an hour it all at once. Yeah. An hour of prayer every single day. Yeah. Don't. I mean, you can't tell me that's not going to bear
1: great fruit. I wouldn't tell you that. Good. No. Good. Wouldn't do that.
0: So we're talking uh, about Saint Francis de Sales. <clears throat> He
1: he talks about ten uses of mortification. So that first one you were talking about, how he said men are religious. Well, he said, men, wait, "Let me recap. See if I'm getting it right. Men who don't practice penance don't. They only tend to be religious when they experience sorrow. Is that is that what he was saying?
0: Well, he says, yeah, yeah, kind of. But he says the reason why a lot of men are uh, religious under sorrow, okay, maybe like turn to prayer when they're sorrowful, is that uh, the sorrow at uh, that sorrow a- a- a affects not only the soul, but it, it's like it affects the body
1: and the soul. So those people who turn only when they're under sorrow, like experiencing sorrow, they they probably aren't doing penance. And the sorrow is like a medicine. It's like that's a, f- a form of penance. You know, it's the penance that you know their soul needs in order to return to God.
0: Yeah. But I thought that was really interesting, right? Like when you're
1: medicinal suffering, baby. Medicinal suffering, yeah. When I mean, when
0: you, uh, this is why you, to tame your appetites, mm-hmm. you don't let anything highs and lows. You you're just you're you're constantly steady, lea- uh, leaning on the will of God, like yeah. you know, trusting in the will of God. And so when your appetites aren't when they're when they're peaking and valleying, you know, that's when you you, you turn to despair or sorrow, and then that's when you. A lot of men turn to prayer quickly. Sure. Um, which is a good thing. That's not a bad thing, yeah. but that's.
1: Or they often turn to other things as well, which right. are worse.
0: Right. Um, so the second thing he talks about, which I think is a beautiful uh, thing to, to meditate upon, is that mortification increases the range. He says, increases the range of spiritual vision. Ooh. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't even know about that. You didn't even know about spiritual vision? No. Uh, I thought you were 2020. I am in vision. Well,
1: I'm actually better than that.
0: <laughs> so he talks about how uh, how mortification helps the sensitiveness of conscience. huh okay, and so it, it, it provides you it, it helps you as the purification process happens, it makes you aware that uh, of your mortal sins and then in your mortal sins, uh, you stop you know, you realize, oh I'm this is a grave sin. Now I'm aware of it. Uh-huh. this is a mortal sin now. I'm going to stop doing it. Then it makes you aware of your venial sins, and then from venial sins to imperfections, and then imperfections to less perfect things, and then less perfect things to perfection. So it increases your, quote-unquote, spiritual vision. Uh, Why do you think that is?
1: Well, because it's purifying you. Yeah, because you're seeing yourself for, for who you truly are. Right. Yeah, I mean, you're growing in virtue, you know, learning to deny your appetites... So having self-mastery and therefore a better vantage point on the reality of your soul.
0: Informing your conscience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is something that you don't even realize, or at least I don't realize a lot of times. This is why I love Exodus 90, is because it's not until day 50 or day 60 where I'm like really either wanting to eat in between meals or I want to you know have a, a good piece of meat on, on Wednesday or I yeah. want to go home and have a beer and I'm like, I've been doing it. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't realize I had this kind of attachment to these certain yeah, earthly yeah, pleasures. Sure.
1: Or like things, excuse me, things you didn't even realize like were going to be a, a Something struggle to, for you. Like right. you you catch yourself like, oh, well, I'm just going to look this up on my phone. Mm-hmm. You know, It's like, I didn't know that that was an issue for me. You know, But it just, it points out the things that you do actually have attachments to, even though they uh, might not seem like an issue, right? Beforehand,
0: right? Because your senses are dulled, yeah. Right, so you're not seeing reality for what it truly is. Uh-huh. So, how are you? Uh, quite Sidetrack here. Sidebar. Okay. How are How are you helping form your, the consciousness of your children? This is something that I'm I'm constantly trying my best to mm-hmm. because a lot of times said child will do something wrong and then realize it's wrong and you can tell somebody's eating at them but then they and you know what they've done wrong but they're not quite telling you and Mm -hmm. you want to like help them uh realize that this is your conscience and like to listen to it to it how do you like how are you doing it
1: i don't know i mean i think in that situation the fact that it's you know you can tell it's bothering them that means they have a well-formed conscience you know um, but I, I think that one thing that we do is show and try to get across a hierarchy of of goods and a hierarchy of bads, right? That some things are worse than other things. Um, You know, like, and for instance... Which yields different punishments. You know, like, uh, if the kids, if they lie, I always will tell them, lying is a sin. And remind, you know, so... Every time they lie, they hear that come out of me, you know. And I don't do it in like a mean way, but just in you know, like kind of a fatherly, you know, you know, you're in trouble. Lying is a sin, um, which I don't say always about other things, you know. Like if you, hit, you know, if, if Davy, my little boy, if he hits his sisters, I mean, he's he's two. Right. It's not like it's not a sin to hit your sister. It is, but. It's more he's, of a to, yeah. more of a passion, you know. Right, you know, so, so not all. Th- there are some things that are wrong, but you know, not like, oh, I want to. I don't. It's not so important to me to draw that distinction about sin. Mm-hmm. Um, just for you know. So I don't know. That's just one example, but I think the other also just frequent confessions, teaching them a good habit of examining your conscience at the end of the day. That's
0: something I I don't think I've done a, a great job oh, at.
1: Yeah, I I don't. I need to get in a better habit myself of doing it. Right, I, I kind of will go through phases where I do it well, um, or I not not that I do it well, but I do it more. I do it frequently, mm-hmm. and then for whatever reason, it's like I'll notice. Oh man, I haven't done that in a while, and you know, you feel but ba- these, you that, feel bad about it, and right, try this, to do better. This is
0: when your uh, those those actions like your conscience gets dulled because right because you don't. Reflect upon, oh, that was a little bit of an imperfect act. Not that it was a sin, yeah, but I didn't do something as well as I should have, right? And then that leads into, oh, those imperfections. Oh, I kind of slipped into a venial sin, and then those venial sins stack up, yeah. and then oh, it it's easier to fall into grave sin.
1: Yeah. So yeah, a lot of times it's not even a sin; it's just a lack of prudence, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it's still it's still good to confess that, you know, uh, if nothing else, out of humility. Um, because, you know, you might have not intended, you might have intended for the the right thing, but in hindsight you realize, oh, that was actually not the prudent thing to do. Right. Reflecting on it in your conscience, at least, right. is a helpful exercise.
0: So mortification helps uh, your spiritual vision, increase your spiritual vision. I dig it. Uh, another thing that he talks about, and this is uh, power, talks about power in God. Mm-hmm. He talks about uh, that mortification... Uh, obtains power with God. He says suffering easily becomes power in the things of God. Um, and, and really what he's talking about here, like the world was redeemed by suffering. Mm-hmm. And so if we're not, if we're not mortifying our flesh, how, how do we expect to uh, exercise the virtues of baptism that, that, that God has given us? If we're not and uh, cooperating with his graces if we're not mortifying our flesh.
1: Yeah, so th- d- what is he saying there? Like, when he's talking about power, does he just mean, like, efficacious prayer? Yeah, so he says, uh, yes. So he talks about when we
0: complain that we have no power with God, that our prayers remain unanswered. Okay. Uh, that w- that our efforts uh, to root out some besetting sin are unavailing, that we give way to temptations, to surprises and temper... Uh, it, this is the most part, mostly because we're not mortifying our flesh.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: So, you know, we, we did an episode, uh, with seminarian Robert Williams. Yes.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Robert Uh, Williams.
0: Yeah. I almost said, like, the, the comedian, like, the comedian Robin Uh Williams. Oh, Robin Williams. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. Is that right? Anyway. Uh, about, uh, like, uh, God answering prayers, Uh you know, and, and being able to answer. And, and like, so this, this goes with that episode, but whenever you're in prayer and you're like why are my prayers not being answered why why is this temptation not subsiding why like why is why are these things still happening in my spiritual life St. Francis de Sales clearly says why are you even why are you even asking these questions if you're not mortifying your flesh if you're hmm.
1: not offering up a mortification yeah, I mean fasting is a very powerful form of prayer, you know. And some it, some things can only be right can only be accomplished through that. That's what Christ says, you know. Some things can only be done through, through the power of, of, of fasting. Yeah.
0: So uh, we've only gone through three. I'm kind of surprised. Ten have, is a lot. Ten is a lot. We'll be right back. You said it. For over thirty-five years, Select International Tours has been planning pilgrimages all across the world, and they've been doing that for a reason.
1: Yeah, if you guys have listened to our show, then you know that we just got back from Ireland. Uh, we use Select International Tours to book our pilgrimage to Ireland. Everything went just great. It Went exactly how we planned it. Right. right. In
0: fact, one of the pilgrims uh, said that it was his the best pilgrimage he's ever
1: been on. Right. I mean, so the thing is, they know what they're doing. If if you, wanna, if you want to go on a nice pilgrimage, uh, that's really you know oriented around. Experiencing the Catholic faith um, in some of the most historic, most important sites all over the world for the history of our faith, go to selectinternationaltours.com. They have pilgrimages going everywhere in the world. All the time, just because, you know, they, they do it so well, everybody wants to use them.
0: That's right. And if you go to selectinternationaltours.com slash Catholic Man Show, you'll be one of the first ones to know when we're planning our next pilgrimage, which spring or summer 2024. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So go to selectinternationaltours.com slash Catholic Man Show. We want to thank Select International Tours for being a sponsor of our show, The Catholic Man Show.
1: Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show, I'm David Niles, here with Adam Minahan, we're talking about suffering.
0: The beautiful self-martyrdom of the
1: Christian life. I believe fear leads to hate, hate leads to anger, anger leads to suffering. I'm pretty sure that's what Yoda says. Hmm. It could be well, getting those is there, not in exactly the right order, but not the right kind of suffering, though. No. Not, that's not what Yoda's talking about. He's talking about a bad kind of suffering. Consequences to actions. Like a despairing kind of suffering. Yeah.
0: Okay, so uh, I want to make sure we at least get through number six uh, as we're going through okay. the radio. Well, let's go to number four, then. Okay, let's get to number four. It intensifies our love. Mm. This is very uh, aware. Like, you know, whenever you're giving your wife a present for her birthday... Uh, the thing that you give to her, if it is just something you you quickly go and buy and you you give it to her, the it's expensive. Yeah, it doesn't mean near as much as if you work uh to build her something and it takes a lot of time, right? And it takes a lot of energy and you put a lot of thought into it. And even if it costs less or whatever, you know, sure, you, you know, you you offer it up to her, and you're you're just so excited, you know, it means a lot more, yeah. right? Because yeah. you because you're you're, you're denying her, your time you're more of yourself right exactly so this is exactly what this is right is that it intensifies our love for god and also obviously
1: for our neighbor yeah i mean if it intens something that intensifies your love for god will intensify your love for all things that are good
0: yeah and so he says if you ever experience something where you feel distant from our lord that you feel that he is far away he he says you should offer something up in, in, as mortification, and the embers of love will be blown into a, a, a great flame.
1: Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Write that down. That's good to
0: remember. Right. I mean, because there's a lot of times in, in where that happens. Yeah. It's in prayer,
1: and just like you just feel distant. Also, you should probably go to confession if that. Right. Also, that that would yeah. be good. But I yeah, like um, the days of the week where I fast. I, I, I fast every Wednesday. You you and I we both do that. Um, for our wives and our families, those, you know what, like they tend to be my happiest days. Um, I get the most done just because I'm not being distracted, you <laughs> right. know, like, you know, there's something about having a beer that tends to slow your productivity down. What? Yeah, I know. I can't figure it out either. <laughs> I keep trying to <laughs> keep trying to work it out. Yeah. <laughs> Still in the trial and
0: error state. Right, exactly.
1: <laughs> I'll get there. Don't research you worry. To de- don't I'm you put worry. more money in
0: research and development. That's
1: right. <laughs> By the way, running low on beer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like on those days, I definitely get the most done. You know, like there's just something about fasting
0: mm-hmm.
1: where I find myself just doing like doing the dishes now all of a sudden. It's not like I set out today. It's like, I'm going to fast. I'm going to make sure to do the dishes. Right. But it's almost like just a, like a mind frame you get into. A mode where it's like, hey, now I'm like in this other, like, I'm, I'm giving. <laughs> you know, that's just what I'm doing now. Right. And so I just, you know, all of a sudden I'm doing the dishes. I'm, I'm a better husband. It's just the truth. On, On Wednesdays? Wednesdays, best husband days. Nice. What about Fridays? Uh, around my house. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Not as good as Wednesdays. Not as good as Wednesdays. Right. All
0: right, number five is it makes us unworldly. Okay. Obviously. Yeah, it inundates us uh, with spiritual joy. And nothing is itself
1: so unworldly as mortification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, because it's deni- it's denial and a rejection of the physical. The pleasures of this life. And, I mean, the physical in general, right? right? You know, it's it's something that's directly saying, I choose spiritual goods over physical goods. I choose eternal life over present life.
0: Right, the attachments to creatures, the attachments right. to uh, appetites. Every- everything
1: about this life, right. you're kind of rejecting. right. In those in those moments of penance,
0: yeah. No, it's a, he says nothing can make us uh, unworldly but mortification. Okay, this is something that I like. I loved about the uh, story of the soul too is that she just talks constantly about you know this spiritual joy of suffering, that she was she's just so she was just so thankful that she had you know sickness that she was able to offer these things up to her Lord, mm-hmm. uh, that she clung to the people that she disliked the most. To love them more, to right. offer up those those things that to me that would be very hard. Like I'm not there. I am not there. I want no, to I, I want to get there. I mean I'm pretty close. I mean, I'm here with you, but um right. but I'm not quite there yet. You're welcome. <laughs> just the, t- the you, ticket to heaven.
1: You might be here with me, but I'm here for you. <laughs> <laughs> just I am just purifying your soul, yeah. baby.
0: Okay, so this is this is uh, number six. So I'm, I'm going to we got because I want to spend a little bit of time on this because okay. this is it's going to hit hard. This is, okay, I'm ready. This is. It. I'm ready. Okay. He says uh, the sixth use is to hinder our making a great mistake, which is leaving the via purgativa too soon, leaving purgatory too soon. He says this is perhaps the chiefest danger in the whole uh, of the spiritual life
1: wow okay
0: is uh the desire to leave purgatory too soon the the desire to not mortify yourself the desire to not take the, the 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 arduous arduous road uh-huh you know the desire to not uh suffer for the for the sins of yourself and the sins of
1: others wow that surprises me i mean but he, he would say that that's like... What did, what did he say? It was the... Chiefest danger. The chiefest danger.
0: In the whole of the spiritual life.
1: Yeah, I mean, because naturally we have a desire that you cannot get rid of, really, to leave leave that road. There's just It's just a natural thing about, about you. To that, avoid pain. Yeah, that, like you, you, that you want to reject suffering. suffering. And that's actually a good thing because it it, I think, gives glory to and points to God. Because it's just one more proof that you weren't made for that; you were made for eternal life with Him. Right. You know, you weren't made for suffering, and so yeah, you have a natural rejection. You know, you have this tendency to reject it, um, and so I mean, that's and that's why choosing it and embracing it is such a holy thing to do, uh, because it does go against those. Th- there is a you rejecting of natural goods, right? Mm-hmm. You're giving up a, a lower good for a higher good. It's sort of like. Uh, celibacy, Mm -hmm. right? Celibacy is only good because marriage is so good. If marriage wasn't so good, celibacy wouldn't be worth much. Right. Um, And so, you know, we have these natural goods, and they are good, and that's why giving them up is a holy thing to do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there will always be that in your life where you want to avoid avoid suffering.
0: Yeah, and I remember, I mean, you've said this before on the show, and I think I think it's spot on, and I, I agree with you. You say, you say that in, in, in your judgment, one of the things that you'll regret the most mm. is not offering things up more, yeah. I mean, not suffering more not in this life. suffered
1: more. Uh-huh.
0: You know, and I think that... I think, you know, when we shoot for, oh, let's just, just hope to get to purgatory. Yeah. I, I, I think that uh, we don't realize the pains of purgatory. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm just really counting on the apostolic exhortation uh moments before i die yeah i'm not counting on it i'm really hoping for it yeah i wouldn't count on it no i'm not gonna count on it uh i would really like it
0: this is why we also pray for a good death through saint joseph something that's gone out of favor but uh in the church you know just not as popular
1: yeah it doesn't it used to be like yeah something people talked about a lot back when we had more of an honor culture yeah my grandparents talked about it all the time
0: uh, you know that we should make sure you pray for a good death through Saint Joseph. They told us that when we were little kids.
1: <laughs> yeah, and other people used to look, see other people die, and they'd be like, "He had a good death," you know. And now yeah. it's just like, "Oh, sad and sorry." No, it's like back there was a time when it's like, no one, you weren't sad about that person dying. They had a good death, yeah, you know. I I think that we just we
0: forget that the, the uh, of the efficaciousness of suffering in this life. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, you know, th- w- when we offer our prayers and sufferings up for the souls in purgatory, that you know that's a a, a noble and a, and a thing that we should do as Catholics. You know, because mm-hmm. we're all one church, one body of Christ. But praying and suffering for those here still on earth is much more efficacious for them than those of the uh, souls in purgatory, because those people here on earth
1: can still act. With- so you think it's more efficacious? I'm not. I didn't. I'm not sure. I would say that.
0: Yeah, I think so, because I think the people here on earth, this is why they say that offering up a mass for those still alive is more efficacious than those uh, who have passed away. I didn't know people said that. Yes. Um, yeah, and the reason why is because uh, they can now cooperate with God's grace. You, mm-hmm. you create, you know, once you're in purgatory,
1: you're solidified. Right, but it, in, the, that in purgatory, those people, the only th- they are uh, 100% dependent on your prayers for them. Uh, to to to, lead, to get out of purgatory sooner,
0: right? I mean, there's nothing. I mean, they're they can, they're going to. They cannot
1: pray for themselves anymore. Right, right. But uh, hmm. but but somebody who is still alive can grow in charity. Sure. So do so the people
0: in purgatory? No, they don't grow in charity. They're purified in charity.
1: That's true. Right. Well, yeah. Their their bucket is full. Mm-hmm. They're just purifying. Just trying to patch up the bucket.
0: Right. But those here on earth can still grow.
1: Yeah. In charity. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'm gonna have to think about that. That's fine. I'm not. I'm not on board all the way yet. That's fine. That's okay. I'm checking it out. Both ways are,
0: you know, praying for souls in purgatory and praying for those. Both good things to do
1: are very good things to do. Yeah.
0: And offering those up. So this is again. I'm just saying that to say that uh, there is there's strong and good merits of being able to offer up prayers and sufferings for for yourself, for your family, uh, for for.
1: you know, your extended family members, your friends. Bottom line of number six is don't don't get off the penance train. That's correct. Because yes. if you think that, I'm pretty sure I've done enough, then that's pride, and you need to do more penance. Mm-hmm. That's right. So
0: number seven, we're out of time on the radio, but number seven is talks about the connection with prayer. Okay. And so on the podcast, go to catholicmanshow.com. You can check out the full ep- this full episode. We're going to continue talking about seven, eight, nine, and ten of the uses of mortification by Saint Francis de Sales. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. And Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Okay, so on number seven, he talks about the, you know the, how mortification is connected to prayer. He says many of it, and this is something that I think. Uh, doesn't come too shocking to you. We've talked about it a little bit on the show. But he talks about how many complaints are, are heard about the difficulties of mental prayer. And he says, like, listen, if, you, if you're not mortifying ourselves, why are you complaining about mental prayer? Because mm. if you're not subduing your appetites and, and, and um, quieting your appetites, how are you expecting to be able to fall into mental prayer?
1: Yeah. So what if you are doing penance? What if you are like, and you still struggle with, you know, mental prayer? I guess that'd be a different question altogether.
0: I think so. He, ta- he tells a story. It's very interesting. He tells a story about the importance of both prayer and mortification. He says this, there's this uh, a soul who uh, is attracted to this guy from, what, from far away and she walks up to to him and realizes that this guy is standing on this beautiful white foundation like ivory white foundation and he says to her um, i'm here i've built this foundation for you and so that way whenever i come to see you uh, i w- i will have a place and i'll come and visit you often and i will build this house for you on this foundation but i need you to uh bring me the supplies and she says okay and she goes and she starts getting the supplies and as she's getting the supplies, she's bringing it back, she kind of just stops and just stares at him because he's uh, breathtaking. And, you know, it's just very good, pleasing to look at. This is this about me? No. Okay. And as she's doing that, she she forgets about bringing all of the, the supplies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because she's just staring at this guy. Well, as that's happening, as time is going, dust is coming across the foundation, grass is growing over the foundation, uh, all, all the way to the point that Uh, there's mud all over it to the point where the only clean spot is where he's standing. And then that spot gets covered up and she can't find him. And she realizes, Oh, I was supposed to bring all these, these things to build this house. And I was just sitting there in admiration of this person. Mm -hmm. And she's in there asking, where are you? Where are you? And he said, like, I asked you to bring me the supplies to build you this house. And then she, he, he 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 says now you have to go and repent, and so she goes and repents, and then all the all the dirt and everything off this white ivory foundation is is uh, removed, uh-huh. and she remi- she's reminded that she has to go back and get the supplies. So the whole story is is that mortification is part of is bringing the supplies, so to speak, to build the house. That the person in in this meditative state or contemplative state that isn't enough.
1: Hmm interesting okay
0: that 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 isn't enough to build your quote unquote house in heaven or you, your mansion in heaven sure that it requires your physical cooperation
1: okay kind of an interesting story to tell about it that, uh, i mean
0: that's just what he i mean that's his story that's not my story yeah but um yeah so he he just says i mean he says that it, it requires both prayer and mm-hmm. mortification Right cuz
1: obviously there is a hierarchy and you know uh the interior interior life is you know the primary thing right so like those prayer is more important than other things than good like acts of penance that doesn't that doesn't exclude though one or the right. other right you need to do both
0: right so
1: I, mean, I think I may be overanalyzing the story i mean it is not a true story it's not a true story right Right. it's supposed to just it's an analogy yes it's a parable parable it's parabolic just (laughs) parable so anyway
0: that that's so he he just talks about how the correlation of needing prayer and sacrifice okay okay so number eight says it gives depth to our sanctity So it gives. uh, He talks about how you know, gymnasts exercise so they 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 gain muscle. Uh, Musicians play music so they can get better at it. Uh, This is uh, connected with what he mentioned a while ago that we're not leaving the purgativa too early. Right. I like the
1: word purgativa. Sounds like a sweet car.
0: Yeah. Well, he so he says uh, as long as it goes with uh, your spiritual directors. Suggestion: You should continue to try to offer everything up that you can and go even further Mm -hmm. in mortification. And this is uh, like even the little way, right? This is, again, I keep going back to Therese because it's just uh, uh, on my mind. But uh, even the smallest things that she was doing, it doesn't have to be, oh, you need to start, you know, lashing yourself or something like that. But it's it's just more of uh, to the point where you're loving somebody that you dislike so much that they genuinely think, that you like them. Not that you right. love them, but you like them.
1: Yeah, the big things are, I think, often a temptation. <clears throat> I think that when a soul becomes uh, decided, that it will act, will move in a direction of penance. I think the, d- the devil will seek to tempt you towards a large penance. This magnanimity of Well, in order penance. to check the box so you can be done. Okay, mm. so if you do something that's like a large penance, like, oh, I'm going to fast all day, then you can kind of, there's a temptation to be like, there, I've checked the penance box. Now I can be done with penance, mm. you know, for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the devil is very crafty and sneaky in that way. Instead of choosing a path that involves more constant Small sacrifices, the little way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where your heart and soul are constantly being turned back up to God, up to God, up to God, giving this little thing and that little thing, and that is a. Um, I, I think that that way is much more terrifying to the devil, right? Because instead of doing one thing, it's not extreme. Instead of yeah, doing one thing, and now I can turn my mind back away from him and back to the world, right? Um and maybe in a week I'll come back and you know like do something else to get big and then but in the meantime I'm kind of checked out. He would much prefer that. The devil would. Sure. Than that constant thing where maybe you never do anything big. Uh but that you just do little hidden things constantly, that is I think a more sure way to holiness.
0: Yep, I agree. Yeah. I think Teresa of Lisieux would also agree. I think she would. Yeah. So, the ninth one, he talks about uh, the concerns of just uh, without exterior mortification, it is idle to expect that we shall ever attain higher grace of interior mortification.
1: Okay. Uh-huh.
0: So, so, like, you know, you're talking about there's there there's hierarchies of goods, uh-huh. right? And so, yeah. uh, if exterior mortification is a good, you know, interior mortification would be better,
1: mm-hmm.
0: would be a higher good. Um, and so we shouldn't expect... Can you give an example of interior mortification? Well, the dark night of the soul would be an extreme example.
1: Yeah, but the dark night, that's, I'm not sure that that counts as... That's something that, you know, you don't choose the dark night. I feel like a mortification is something that you need to choose. You can you can have... There can be external things that are inflicted upon you that you still take up as a mortification, and certainly the dark night of the soul is is one of those things, but... Um to me I think about acts of mortification as you know so I'm taking this up myself I'm choosing it instead of like hey I just got sick you know like if you get cancer you can use offer up your suffering right don't waste mm-hmm. any of it but it's not like oh I'm going to I'm going to take up cancer as a form of penance I just didn't know like if he said in there what it is is it you know like we mentioned earlier when you're accused of doing something you know you didn't do just, you know, like I think Mother Teresa talks about just, you know, kind of accept the blame for it, you know, almost mm-hmm. out of humility. Like, well, maybe you did do it and you don't know, you know, you know, like out of humility, you should assume that the other person knows knows better than you, you know, because your own senses could be wrong on the matter. So to me, that could be a type of interior mort- mortification because it's, you know, it's you're not mortifying your flesh you you know like yeah and i also you know, think, what I mean? you know it's, it's more the, about your reputation your your, your interior f- feelings or I, I don't know
0: yeah and i think maybe this is this is not what he's saying so this is just kind of me going off the cuff here dangerous i know but mm-hmm. there are times uh where you don't feel like praying you don't feel like praying the rosary you don't feel like getting up early to do your holy hour mm-hmm. uh but you're not like it's for like it goes back to like this whole like uh being able to like it intensifies your love right mortification intensifies your love and if you're not subduing your flesh so to speak uh then how are you going to be expected to subdue your interior uh sound or interior i don't know uh struggles that you have like of of desiring to i'm gonna pray this rosie even though i don't want to do it because i love not because i'm gonna get anything out of it because i love christ mm-hmm. i love our, our blessed mother and so are you going to be able to fight those battles those interior battles if you don't ha- yeah. if you're not able to fight the exterior battles
1: right yeah oh you want to you get in your car and you want to listen to the radio or there's you know your your you know book on tape whatever it is and then you realize oh i haven't prayed the rosary today oh well, you know maybe you know it's like oh, i won't pray one or you know blah 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 i really want to listen to this but then like you say no pray a rosary that's i think that's interior mortification i also think the uh the heroic minute getting up that's that's the worst. i feel like that's kind of an interior mortification it's because it's not the it's not physically getting up the thing that's hard it's engaging your will i mean that's it's all about right. willpower at that point so i, I feel like that's a and a form of interior mortification because you can yeah. get up. It's not hard for you to stand up. If if your bed was on fire, you'd hop right out. No problem, right. okay? So yeah. it's not that. You know, it's not like fasting where it's just hard physically to do or, you know, other things. Um, cold showers, right? It, it's just like engaging the will to do yeah, it.
0: I think so. I agree.
1: Heroic Good. minute. Heroic minute.
0: Uh, Number ten, which I guess we didn't really, did we say exactly what heroic? No, go ahead.
1: So the heroic minute is when you wake up, you actually get out of bed in less than sixty seconds. And really, I think the heroic minute is for chumps. Uh, Like, I think it's a heroic twenty seconds. I mean, if you really want to be heroic, okay, a a minute. You can, yeah. There's too much time. This
0: uh, this actually bleeds into the night. This too much. Yeah, because it actually gives you too much discretion too much time to think about it
1: yeah it's like okay i'm just gonna sit here and like not practice virtue yet not practice (laughs) virtue i mean like when
0: you when you come to awareness enough to realize i need to get out of bed time to get out of bed that's when you get out right you
1: just get up right and you offer it i mean make it an offering right i mean like say it like all right jesus i don't all right i don't want to get out of bed but i'll do it for you jesus right for you i will get out of bed and that goes
0: to the, to, uh, to number ten. He talks about how uh, mortification is is very good, and in the most excellent school for the queenly virtue of discretion. Queenly, queenly. It's not kingly. Not kingly. The most excellent school for the queenly virtue of discretion. Uh, so basically, it's a self distrust, right? So uh, mm-hmm. uh, not being like you know. Right, whenever you're starting to think about like some kind of sin that you like to do, and you're like, "Well, I'm not going to do it," but maybe I'll just think about it for a minute, right? Or I'll just, uh, you know, contemplate, enjoy it. being tempted by it, right? It's like, no, 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 that get that out of your head immediately, right? You should not uh, trust in yourself. It has to be this complete self distrust because every time we tr- trust in ourselves, that's when we end up, you know, need to go to confession, um, yeah. Uh, Yeah, totally. Because we're not trusting in our Lord, we're trusting in ourselves, and we try to become God ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're we're inverting this idea of my will be done versus His will be done. Right.
1: Yeah. It's like, oh, if you rely on your own powers, well, you're screwed. Here is confession line. Right.
0: Um. So he talks about how, like, uh, in in his docility, they recognized the call of God, and bade to stay uh, to stay inside to stay in 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 His presence and just be able to like understand like nope if there's a temptation I'm not going to I'm not going to entertain it I'm not going to use my discretion like I already know it's wrong I'm not going to think about it anymore I move on.
1: Okay so I think that most people certainly the ones who listen to our podcast would agree that living that you know that life of penance kind of like having that like a regular routine of mm-hmm. penitential life ascetic is you know obviously the the path to holiness but i mean i've experienced this in my own life and i th- i think a lot of people probably do that when you start to think about it it's a little bit scary like i don't want to live a life of suffering you know what i mean mm-hmm. um i don't i like to eat cake mm-hmm. you know i want to be able to like enjoy enjoy the good things in life um and you know it sounds like we're saying you know, like oh, you know, live, give up, give these things up, make up make these sacrifices. That's you know, it's like what do you tell somebody who might honestly like have a a real fear? Um, just you, you know, certainly like this still happens to me in moments where like I have this feeling, you know, and I have to like acknowledge that feeling and then give it a, give it away. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it used to happen to me more often. It's just like thinking about oh the rest of my life being like this life of denial, self-denial and like suffering and you know it just doesn't sound very good. Right. Um so what do you what do you say to people who might be feeling that way?
0: Yeah, I mean I think okay, so we you get to a point in the spiritual life that the suffering is a joy. It's not something, it's like the virtuous life. You know, it's a, like mm-hmm. when you get to a certain point, uh, just because you do something uh, courageous doesn't mean you have the virtue of courage. Uh-huh. You exercise that over and over and over again and then it becomes a virtue when it be, doesn't become hard anymore. Right. When you're not having to struggle with it. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, like, when you when you're first dating, you you know what would be your spouse, or you're like you know first married, like you're giving up, you'd give up anything for, it and be happy to do so. Right. When you're in that honeymoon stage, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, and some of the biggest acts of love that you can give your wife are things that you know she would love, and you don't necessarily want to do it, but you're gonna do it anyway because you love her. Sure. And those days that you on Wednesdays when you. Just start doing the dishes. You're like, oh wait a minute, I'm a, I'm doing the dishes. I didn't even realize Am I'm doing the dishes. I didn't even realize I was doing this. How did I get here? But it's because I love her, it, and like you, you yeah. have the sense of oh, uh, I want to do this because of my beloved.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When you have this relationship, and you're in this relationship with with our Lord in prayer, this importance of prayer with mortification. Like I wouldn't, you can't just be a Pelagianist and or, or like a stoic and just mortify your body for the sake of mortifying your body. We're not Manichaeans. We're not uh Pelagianists, you know. Yeah. Uh It's only because you have this relationship that you're willing to do these things because you love them. Yeah. And this is the, you know, like kind of what we were saying earlier, this, this glorious self-martyrdom that is the Christian life, this laying down of one's life. Greater love is than this that a man laid down his life for another. hmm this is what the uh, you know the the example of our Lord, and so when you fall into a relationship where you love somebody so much, you're willing to to lay down your your life for them. Yeah, and you desire to. You want not only are you willing, but you desire like you want to. Mm-hmm. You want to be a martyr, and of all the of all the martyrs, sure. Um, and so while mortification is. Uh, intimidating and not something that you you probably want to do i would suggest start with prayer and really um fall fall in love with our lord mm-hmm. Yeah, I think and then as as you go deeper in love with our lord you're going to be willing to offer him more because you have
1: more to offer mm-hmm. i think that's a good answer i like what you said about you know like hey if you love someone you're willing to die for them. The thing is, Christ already did. He already loves you so much that he already died for you. And that if you, you have to remember and believe. You, have, you know, you need to decide if you believe this or not. If you offer up something to him, will he not, in fact, out of his just infinite love for you, give you something better? He will. Okay, It may not be in this life. It may not be in this life. But you know what? It... Probably will also be in this life, certainly in the one to come. But I have found that um, you
0: can't outgive
1: our Lord. The, right, it, he cannot be out outgenerosified. I'll be he cannot be outdone in generosity. That's one way to say it. If you don't want to be cool, yeah. <laughs> cool so the thing, pe- cool the people the, say the, generosified. Think about me. Not that cool. Not that cool. Used to be. Not anymore. <laughs> uh, but you know that, like, also. <laughs> when I have felt this way in the past, and maybe, maybe this is just something that, like, this is just like a weird, dumb way that I have felt, but the truth is, yeah, you can live a life of penance. There's still plenty of cake in it. Okay. There's still plenty of joy. Uh, there's, it's like not the scary th- reality of, the reality of a penitential life. And not, I don't pretend to like, I'm not trying to say that, oh, I live this, you know, austere, you know, ascetic life. Um, I do I do more penance now than I have in the past, but um, so from the little, like, my little experience with it is that, actually, no, there's more joy in it, um, and that the fear in the beginning comes from a disordered attachment to lesser goods over the higher goods. You don't right? have that spiritual vision. Right. It's like, oh, well, what if I was just, like, what am I just going to eat bread and water for the rest of my life? Like... Let's just imagine for a second that that was, the re- that was the thing we were, like, someone was being asked to do, eat bread and water. It's like, that sounds terrible, right, to only eat bread and water for the rest of your life, but I guarantee you, um, if that's what you're being called by God to do, that there's going to be ineffable consolations that um, come about mm-hmm. living, living that vocation, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, when you live your vocation, that is your, uh, the way to the highest and um, like most amount of happiness in this life when you be the person God made you to be. Um, it's when you deviate from that, just like Adam. Not, who, me, not me. Not like you, but I'm pretty sure you've done this. <laughs> <laughs> and reach for the apple, right? And, and you choose a lower good. You choose earthly, worldly pleasure, worldly goods, sa- earthly satisfactions that are fleeting. Right. Um, and ultimately don't satisfy that is when that's when you start to have sorrow that's when you have you know problems in all your relationships also if you don't mortify yourself, you cannot feast properly you
0: cannot enjoy things for as they truly that's right. are that's right you know so uh if you really want you know this is this is the beauty of of the liturgical cycle, the fasting and then the feasting mm-hmm. uh because you can enjoy something when you're not indulging in it
1: yeah. Totally, yeah. Uh, but it's only when you fast from it that you learn how to be temperate with it. Right. So, very good. I just thought this would be hopefully helpful to somebody out
0: there as they're p- planning either excess 90 or jumping on excess Lent or just considering, you know, what to give up for Lent. Or for the rest of your life. Or for the rest of your life. Maybe you decide to uh, dedicate one day a week of fasting for... Uh, the love of your wife and children.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's a great idea. I think there are, you know, different kinds of fasting. Both, both are good. I like the, you know, like, okay, every week I have one or two days of fasting. It kind of has its own um, liturgical, like, your week has a, a cycle to it. And mm-hmm. I think that that is also beautiful. I think that there are also kinds of fasting. Uh, Pamela's grandmother, God rest her soul, I never met her, um, loved candy. We would have gotten along Great. <laughs> We would have. Me too. I would yeah. have. I would have talked about analogies. You, you with candy, have, like you would have been like just learning everything to us. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know that that Butterfinger right there? That's just like the spiritual life. <laughs> um, but she loved candy. But then, um, when all of her children were married, she had several son-in-laws who were not Catholic, and she said, "I will never eat candy again until until all of them are Catholic." And the last one didn't convert until a year after she died. Hmm. So she never ate candy again for the rest of her life, okay. But the last one converted a year after she died, Mm -hmm. okay. You see, like it it worked, (laughs) yeah. And I am sure she did more than just not eat candy. I am sure she prayed for them, you know, like right. But um, what a testament, you know. So that also is a very very powerful witness, and I think they knew about it. I think she told them, Mm -hmm. you know, I am never gonna. I I want you to know. I want you to join the church and. I don't know that she did vocalize it to them, but I think she did. Um, so they knew why. When when they saw everyone else eating candy and her not, even though she loved candy, like it's a it's a it's a witness. I think it's very powerful when people know the sacrifice that you're giving up for them. You know, there's a, a level of prudence there about you know like are you just telling them so that you know you can kind of get some earthly credit, you know, right. for them. Um, and I think most sacrifices in general. You know, if they want to be a real sacrifice, are, are they're, they're most uh, meritorious? They're most efficacious when it's a hidden, a hidden thing. Just like but Ma- there is there is Matthew a right
0: six. 3, chapter, that's Matthew right, chapter yeah. 6. Uh,
1: but there is a there is a, a moment, a powerful moment when you can like reveal. I want you to know, I'm giving, like I'm doing this for you. Uh, that can I think be very beneficial for the person. Who like might need a sense of brotherhood or might need a sense of community or closeness. Mm-hmm. Um to you know, it can be very touching, you know, in in the moments in my life where I've had people tell me that they were sacrificing for me is you know, it's like one of those things that almost brings you to tears sometimes because it's like right. wow, that's I love you too. <laughs> you know, like right. so anyway. I agree. Praise God. Cheers to Jesus. Hi, this is Bishop David Condorla of the Diocese of Tulsa in Oklahoma. So let us pray. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to Thy protection, implored Thy help, or sought Thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired with this confidence, I fly to Thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my Mother. To Thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen.